0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slobby, With me, of course, my good friend Jim. Hey everybody! My good friend Orin Ronan. Good evening. My good friend Rosella.
1: Hello everybody.
0: That's it. Listen, we're under the gun. Uh, bottom of the ninth, something or other. Anyhow, <laughs> let's 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 talk about um. Digital artwork and the bullshit event. No, all right, let's talk about um, uh, 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 Great Ace Attorney. What what the heck happened? It's it's case three. It's part two.
2: It's the the, the final trial of, of um, case three. Yes,
0: that's right. Yes,
2: which is surprisingly not that much about the actual case, but more more about proving the people had alibis or not alibis. People <laughs> had
3: motives to do it. This isn't a complex solution, really, at all. I thought there was going to be this giant explosion and stuff, and it's going to turn out to be No, nothing.
2: everyone knows how it was done, except for one small part, which we have to prove. But but other than that, it's just proving that they actually had a reason to do what they did. What they did. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the, the first thing that we start off with is, um, you know, we're in the, the waiting room, and, um, and Sholmes is here. And it's like, yeah, oh, it... hey, thanks. Oh, yeah, I like
2: this. Yeah. He woke up this time. Well, I, Iris woke him up. Beat him awake.
1: Yeah. Oh right.
0: and he wants credit for it too
1: yeah no like we just we were just like oh hey no it's it's nice to see you here and we kind of move on like talk to our client you know go start going over stuff and he's like excuse me i (laughs) it is it is the ungodly hour of nine in the morning and i am here to support you uh which uh i really feel as a game developer no agreed but uh but yeah it turns out uh, I think Iris had to, had to, like, pour some tea on him
2: <laughs> yeah. to
1: to get him up, which I also feel.
0: <laughs> I used to feel, but, you know. Uh, let, all right, I'm going to try to pull up my PlayStation movie gallery, which takes me forever to do, so if you, um... Yeah,
2: well, the, the significant thing that happened is that Gregson shows up again, gives us another helpful piece of evidence, which he does a lot lately, I think and
3: this is right after so at the end of the last uh, portion of the reading during the end of the investigation is when uh, the, the Dr. Scythe um, like kind of steps on everybody's toes and yells at Gregson for allowing anybody to be in there um, and Gregson kind just has to swallow it and so immediately Gregson shows up giving the autopsy report from 10 years ago the, the um, in the you know, the professor trial,
2: yeah, which which at this point really has nothing to do with the trial we're currently working on. So why, well, he, he probably knows something that we don't,
3: which is why. Yeah, exactly. But you can almost but in the way he's phrasing it, you can tell he's doing this and knows he's not supposed to be doing it and doesn't give a shit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Sholmes also knows that something's going to go on because he tells us that um, if there's, if there's going to be something remaining that we're not sure about, then we should pursue it to the end.
3: That's right. Yeah. Which means pursuing it, even if we think, you know, even if we accomplish what we're here to do, which is the trial, you know.
0: Even if it makes us a bad lawyer to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the trial starts, right?
2: Yeah, and the masked, um, the masked um, uh, <laughs> the assistant is there for when yes. He doesn't do much during the trial except for opening Wenzig's bottles. Yeah. He sabers open the wine bottles.
0: <laughs> that is pretty cool, though, yeah. It's,
3: it's
2: good animation. And he does it with a very,
3: like, he's uh, he's using a more Western sword, but wields it like a uh, um, katana. Like, sort of has in the, that the, mean. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. It's almost like we don't know who this person is.
1: <laughs> Speaking of uh, the me taking exactly one law class and now just living with it for the rest of my life. Um, mm-hmm. The both the the prosecution and the defense give actually like very realistic opening statements that are like, hey, like over the course of this trial, I intend to prove that you know that Enoch Drubber and Odiasman are working to together. That, that Enoch Drubber was was uh, you know was was working you know behind the professor's back uh, with with I think with Odiasman, but whatever he ended up dead anyway. Um, but like to. That, that this whole thing was, was Drebber's idea and it will prove that it was his idea, the presser had nothing to do with it, and that's how, how Asman ended up dead, and that's what we're going to prove over the course of the trial, which is like a perfectly reasonable opening statement. Which never <laughs> happens.
3: Right. I think the judge, like, acknowledges it. He's like, well, thank you, uh, prosecutor and, and defense attorney, for stating in, in clear terms what's what, what going to happen here. Um, <laughs> Like, okay, that's, that's all we're going to do, folks. The, this is the one you get, and then we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
0: we should make note of this for other trials in the future. <laughs> oh, where's my pen? Anyway, I'm sure I'll remember.
1: Haven't invented the pen yet. Crap.
0: Ah. Uh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Let's see here. Um,
2: we got a photo of the experimentation stage post explosion which clearly shows that there's like an opening. Yeah, there's a false bottom there. Like it's clear. There's a, there's a giant hole yeah. right
3: there. <laughs>
0: Um, let's see. So Drebber is called to the stand to, uh, to testify. Um, and he says he met Harebrain a year ago. He got the blueprints to, he, he, um, speci- he wrote, engineered the blueprints to exact specification. So there is no trick. And if there was a trick, there would have to be a double. And no, there is not one. And all the spectators saw the birdcage appear and maybe the science on it was built was flaw- that it was built was flawed somehow. Um
2: Yeah, they established establish right now that um Esmond does not have a twin brother, so that's one right. theory out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the first problem is that he says that um the cage uh crashed down headfirst. Yep. But the cage that we saw had um some cracks on the bottom.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And as soon as you go in and, advantage and examine the evidence, you'll see the, yeah, that's where the it's highlighted. There's definitely on the bottom. Yeah. And um,
0: I think he counters on this like, yeah, but like there's nowhere for it to fall or anything. It's on a stage. Like, how would it have gotten damaged that way? Right. And then, of course, we point out the
3: big freaking hole in the stage. Look at that. That's, that's, that's <laughs> right. it. i have a fallen in there.
0: Yeah. So, how about that? To which she goes, hmm, hmm. <coughs> So the only way this works is that there's two bird cages: one which fell through the opening in the stage, and then the other that ended up in the crystal tower somehow.
2: Yeah, but it, it also tells us that the one that fell from the stage or ended up in on the crystal tower tower later, though, so, because that's the one with the with the cracks on the bottom.
0: Ah, okay. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, um, but then then th- this this is pretty serendipitous for the prosecution. It turns out though there was a contract that um, Osman had with Drebber I think right that was basically like we're gonna you know um, I'm you know Osman's gonna pay Drebber for this and this contract for the payment only is only like uh, only works if I can't think of the legal term they used if uh, if they're both alive so you know that means like yeah, there's no like, there's no motive basically because if Drebber killed Osman, then he was gonna lose all the money, you
3: know.
1: Yeah, he has he has an anti motive.
3: Yeah, right. He's entitled to thirty percent of the grant that they would get for for this being successful. Exactly.
0: And then, and also like the, again, they point out like there's no way for him to have like done the swap, you know, by by himself. To which we say that like he must have had an accomplice. And then von Zeig's is like, oh yeah, he has an accomplice. <laughs> name the accomplice, and then we're like, "Okay, I will." <laughs> and I took a couple guesses on this one, but it is, in fact, pretty obvious. I guess it's 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 uh, Doctor Courtney Scythe is who we name as the accomplice
2: because we know that she and her team were the only ones allowed even to look at the body went into in the Crystal Tower,
0: right?
1: And that that autopsy report has her name on it.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is where we get into like, okay hold up a sec, you are accusing a member of Scotland Yard again, okay. of, you know, <laughs> malfeasance here, so you you better be careful.
2: Uh, this is also where we have the theory that the what was indicated, that it was in the balloon was the um, wax statue yeah. that was stolen.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, that, that he had the wax statue in the balloon, he um, blows it up with the, um, you know... With the dart. The... the, the, the Thank you, the crossbow, yeah, the bolt and all that.
1: Which, everyone points out, like, this wax statue looks nothing like the dude. It, like, it, it's in this weird pose because it's coming out of a grave. It's got a weird mask yeah. on. Like It's
3: a different build. Like, they're just not, they're, they're just shaped differently as people.
1: It makes literally no sense that this would be the case.
0: It's riding a horse. It's...
3: <laughs> Right.
0: It's it's horribly disfigured, you know, but no I'm kidding. Um but yeah, this is um this is maybe not Reno's case most convincing argument right now.
1: But I mean it did it did go missing, Drebber does have the head, and it did return immediately after the crime, so there's some pretty convincing circumstantial evidence, but again it, it comes comes back to the fact that we don't have any of the whys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so now everyone's angry about us for making like all these baseless accusations.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the jurors, who is like an old cop, is basically like, I've known Courtney Scythe, I think, for a long time, and this is like obscene that you'd um, accuse her of anything like this, right? So Yeah,
2: the, the jurors at this point decide to to vote guilty. And we have to do the, right. um, what is it called? Summation examination. Yeah, summation examination. And, and yeah, jur, juror number six is, even though he's the last to on understand, the, on the is, is the first to pipe up doing that. Yeah. So we're getting them out of order.
0: Yeah. I think it, I think they you know, even comments on that as like yeah. interesting or odd or whatever. Um, so yeah, let's see. Um, he does that and then yeah, basically it's kind of um, the only other one is like juror number three says that like he's had his own problems with the members with the police, you know.
3: Which is always fun for me because like the in these summation examinations, the judge always orders them to state the reason why they're saying guilty or innocence. And, and one person will always be like, potatoes, I don't like potatoes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like this total non sequitur.
1: And that's always like the critical thing. <laughs> so we, once we get them talking about potatoes, that unlocks the whole trial.
0: <laughs> oh, and and Reno's game is like, we're supposed to be studying from you. But um, then here. So, um,
2: let's see here. Yeah, so that, that's that's get Joe um, number six filed out right, because he's a cop and he doesn't like being accused of anything. Mm hmm. Although he doesn't really dispute it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: he just says it was better in the old days.
2: Yeah, that's what he usually says. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's when we he slips up and, and calls her with, um, by her maiden name. So that's how we learned that she used to be, um, what is it in English, Courtney, Courtney Stevens? Courtney Stevens, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think we mentioned it on this episode. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, the, the the coroner's report from the, the professor case... It basically just says, yes, Professor confirmed death by, like, a confirmed execution by hanging at midnight, signed, you know, Dr. Courtney Stevens.
2: Yeah, it has some redacted parts.
1: The- yeah, it, yeah, the, the, the name is redacted and says codename the Professor.
2: Yeah. Um, so it, it's Stevens in English, in, in Japanese it's um, Courtney Simon. Um, I think the only reason they changed is because Simon is is not much of a family name, actually.
0: Yeah, but it's not. Not, like, unheard of, you know what I mean? I mean
2: Paul Simon's like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, th- I, that's the only reason I think why they changed it. There's yeah. no real reason.
0: Only, the only other thing I think of is, like, maybe they thought Simon already sounded a little bit like Scythe, for, but, you know, but, yeah, it's it's whatever. It, the, 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 the only thing is that they did. That's all we, you know. Yeah.
2: yeah. We need to know her maiden name, because that way we prove that... Um, there's a connection between the professor and Courtney Scythe, which connected to this case also somehow, uh, but the well, duo, like, that's...
1: we were trying to prove that the wax work, like we were trying to prove that the wax work, uh, you know, must've been used specifically. So it, it, it must have meant something to her, I guess. And it's like, there, but there's no connection between, you know, uh, Dr. Scythe and the professor. So that obviously is a terrible argument and you're a terrible lawyer. And so that's, that's, we get to, I think we get to play that against, um...
0: Right. you to say, I am a terrible lawyer, but this is an okay argument.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then the other thing we need to show is that the waxwork, um, statue had a connection to the to crystal tower. So we saw the piece of broken glass that we found on it.
1: Yeah. So the, the science man is just like, I don't know if you had evidence, I would be, I would be convinced, but you don't seem to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we present him evidence and then he's like oh well yeah okay i i am in fact convinced that that this uh waxwork was on the crystal tower mm-hmm. and uh, and then we can pit him against someone else
3: uh, number five the
2: <laughs> colonel cobb <laughs> uh, girl uh i hate i hate i hate her so <laughs> she doesn't really do anything no I mean,
0: no and,
3: and even in this like there's no personality. She's just like, you need the right evidence. And then when as soon as uh, four says that, she's like, well, he's smarter than I am. So, OK. <laughs> well,
0: which, But like, there's a point if you try to press her where she says some this terrible thing, like nibble, novel, guilty, bobble, nibble, bot, like not guilty.
1: Oh, my God. And she repeats it like eight times.
0: Yeah. Was... Like you're
1: trapped in this dialogue box with her. And her corn.
0: It's, like, one of those things, like, even though it's not voiced, it's just, like, painful for some- somehow, you know? Like, I just- I hate it. It's an awful fucking- this is, like, shoot Takami is, like, one character I can't stand. Takumi, excuse me. like, I just- I hate corn- corn girl so much. I'm- I'm with you. Um. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> alright what, what, what happens then so yeah alright so that, that I think that gets us all our jurors right yeah. so we can go on to the next part of the trial
2: mm-hmm. yeah so now we need to get Courtney's size into the court so we get to um, take a break
0: yeah that's a, yep that's that's a recess
2: For,
1: did, aren't we actually trying to get two spells into court yeah, oh, yeah. Like, to, Wait, to, she to, isn't. right yeah do you want to talk about the like about the, the wax figure since that's apparently important
2: yeah. yeah. But like mm-hmm.
1: while we're in the waiting room, Courtney comes up to us and is like So just so you know, uh, you won't get me to testify. Like I'm I'm untouchable. Uh Strongheart has forbidden it. So like don't even think about it. Also, you're dealing with stuff you don't understand, so leave it alone. But even if you try it won't matter because you can't get me on the stand.
3: Which seems like that would immediately undermine the prosecution's case if you could tie her pretty distinctly to this and she just refuses mm-hmm. to take the stand and be like well then the case is just falling apart
0: yeah I mean even even like well you know yeah like if if you're not gonna allow this to happen I mean at least drop the charges against you know like
3: yeah
2: well, Sholmes also seems to know her uh, because he knows everyone um, this is a localization change though in, in Japanese when uh, Sholmes and Courtney size talk Sholmes calls her just by her maiden name. He says, oh, it's Courtney hmm. Simon. And in English, they change it to say, like, he, he also uses her, her current name.
3: Yeah, he says uh Stevens.
1: Oh, yeah. Sholmes also, uh, he says, like, oh, I purchased some caramel earlier, so I'll snack on that. And he shows, like, his own brand of caramel <laughs> that he used to, <laughs> to um, you know, to imprint a key before. So I spent the entire rest of the trial being like, what? what key is he like what is he trying to steal Hmm.
3: (laughs) (laughs) but no he's just eating
1: yeah i guess it's just just eating a bar of caramel
3: it's still
2: caramel you can eat it yes
3: (laughs) yeah no i I mean there's no reason not to use a delicious caramel to form plaster things for keys you know he
0: he probably like secretly hopes there's no fingerprinting or anything to be done in a case you know it's like, well, I can't let the caramel go to it. It's going to spoil.
1: <laughs> Man, Do you think the other, like, all those substances that we were spraying, do you think those were also edible?
0: <laughs> I guess, I mean, they must have been.
1: Yeah, like, if, if you don't have to, if you don't have to use it to detect the color of blood, you can just chug it and it, it tastes like <laughs> lemon lime.
0: It turns out he would have been a better confectioner, but, you know, unfortunately he chose to be a detective. So what can you do?
1: We can solve all crime is what we can do.
0: Sherlock Holmes confectionary detective. It almost works.
3: Not quite. It's the world's foremost consultant confectioner.
1: (laughs) There's a fan fiction in here. I know it.
3: Yeah.
0: Eliminate the calories and whatever All right. Anyway, sorry. All right. So, um.
2: Yeah, so they they, they can't have got any size on the stand right now. So they bring in two spells to. (laughs) close enough. Comment about the wax figures. Um, Yeah, for some reason. It's not. I I don't really understand why why she's justifying. But she's,
1: I mean, she can at least testify as to the timeline for, uh, you know, for the for the the waxwork disappearing and then coming back.
2: (laughs) but, But she's not testifying about that. She's testifying about what happened 10 years ago. So, I,
0: I genuinely, by the way, like, I have no... Like, I'm just... I'm imagining, like, someone asking, like, Strongheart, like, how does this, like, protect the conspiracy? You know? And he's like, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of tricks, honestly. I'm sorry. Just bring up the wax lady.
3: <laughs> yeah, if you were going to ban anybody from testifying, it would be the person who's going to tie this directly to what happened 10 years ago. The thing that you're trying to keep an ultimate secret.
0: <laughs> Can we bring that guy back from Japan who keeps attempting to murder people and getting... I mean, I don't know. Just <laughs> somebody... Why not? You know.
2: <laughs> so I think this is this is where they show that the statue is actually in the middle of the courtroom, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's like, right. The yeah. whole
1: statue, like grave and everything. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Which is, is wild and, and pertinent. It'll turn out, but you know. Um... Yeah.
2: Yeah. They, they they need they need it here for the dramatic scene later. So that's why they. <laughs> <working. laughs> right. Yeah. Exa-
1: but yeah, our our argument is. Okay, so he his build doesn't look anything like it, and with like with the mask on, he doesn't look anything like it. But maybe with the mask off, he looks a lot like our victim, and therefore our idea is good, um, <laughs> which is bad logic, even if the premise weren't true, uh, which it isn't, by the way. But um, but she's like, well, the the the, the visage underneath the mask is accurate. And I do know who it is, even though this is a closely guarded state secret, but I'm not going to unlock it because, well, frankly, because it doesn't matter. But yeah, she's so...
2: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, but Van Zix and the the judge can't believe that she actually could get the um, likeness of the actual person in there. Because yeah, how could she? Because it was a secret.
1: We really only have her word for it that this is the case. But, uh... Right. But yeah, her whole testimony is just her insisting.
2: And she tells us how she broke the law ten years ago, and... and
3: <laughs> She's proud of it. It's a family tradition to break the law and take plaster casts of actual corpses to make your wax work out
1: of. <laughs> Ideally, precisely three hours after they're dead.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so she, she she basically bribed the gravedigger who let her in, and she... Um, dug the corpse out of the grave and um and yeah, yeah and made the wax um yeah and, and 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 did what she had to do
0: right not, not had to is a little strong but yeah she she did she did, she did something yeah <laughs> um, it was
1: what it was like in accordance with two spells family principles or something
3: yeah because sure. apparently their beginning which is i think ties into the actual madame tussauds with um around the time of the french revolution they took a a cast of um they they made their wax thing off of actual marie antoinette's face um which was always like just sort of a rumor that followed the tussos i don't know that it's accurate at all um but that's where they're getting sort of the the origin of this of this story that she just admits to like yeah that's what my family did
0: I'll I'll say it. Let's hope not, you know, Mm -hmm. not a big, not standing Marie Antoinette there. Just saying,
3: you know, grave robbing isn't that great, but it turns out there's more than one grave robber in (laughs) the courtroom today.
1: (laughs) So, so the, the, uh, she says that, that the, the taking the plaster, taking the cast took longer than it was supposed to because, um, he's like, usually she likes to take casts, Uh, exactly three hours once rigor mortis is set in because rigor mortis starts at the jaw and so once the jaw is set it's really easy to take a good cast I guess pro tips for any uh, aspiring (laughs) grave diggers grave robbers right grave casters
0: visual novel book club does not endorse
3: grave casting (laughs) (laughs) unless you want to sponsor the podcast and then we can think about it
0: Now we're reading from our sponsor. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Damn it! Corn Corn Girl's ra- grave casting. <laughs> oh! uh.
1: Uh, so so she insists that um, that the, the jaw was still soft, so that uh, that rigor mortis had yet to set in. It hadn't been three hours, or I guess technically it could have been like way more than that, but. We're focusing very much on the, uh, it had not yet been three hours. And she also says that she was able to complete her cast, like, right before dawn.
3: So the professor was supposedly hanged at midnight. And uh, now this says, "Yeah, you know, it didn't. The, the, that timeline is off. That doesn't work. But it doesn't, again, that doesn't matter for this trial at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try it except to show
0: Courtney Scythe is a lying person.
1: Yeah, I can just imagine, like, Harebrain is just off, just, you know, continuing to write his autobiography, like, <laughs> just kind of waiting to see if he's ever necessary or relevant.
0: <laughs> You're done here, Harebrain.
2: So we, we also get a newspaper at this point um, from 10 years ago with the article about Drebber um, seeing the professor resurrect. Um... And of course, it, it, has, it has one thing that if you're an Ace Attorney veteran, you immediately spot. But that's, that isn't going to come up for a long while. Oh, yeah. Wait, I forgot what it was, though.
1: Oddly, the important thing actually is on the front page. Like, it's its yeah. on the article that you're supposed to be looking at.
2: Yeah, but there's one detail there that's like, I immediately saw. And yeah, it doesn't come up for a while. Uh, but right, right now, we just needed to show that uh, that yeah, that the professor was actually hanged at midnight because uh, Drebber uh, saw him resurrect at, at like what two a.m. or something like that, or one a.m.
1: I don't think it's given a time, but
2: it's after it's after the official
3: time, yeah.
1: Somewhere between midnight and dawn, yeah. But yeah, the the other thing about the the article that if you if you read it, it says that like. He rose from the grave and then uh, was immediately shot. Yeah, by someone, uh, the, the, the gravekeeper presumably. But uh,
2: yeah, the article says that like Enoch Dreber was um, at the graveyard. He's a science student. Was at the graveyard and he was shocked when he saw the corpse rise up from the grave. And then before he could scream, uh, a shot rang out from behind him and shot the corpse, the, the, the newly risen corpse, uh, who fell back into the grave. And then Enoch <laughs> Drever, um screamed and ran away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then all his hair turned white.
2: Yep. Yeah. We don't know who shot the gun, um, but someone shot a gun at the corpse.
0: <laughs> the biggest coward in all of Victorian England, Enoch Trevor. Yep. I'm not saying it wouldn't be scary, but come on. Yeah
3: now it's time for him to testify um -hmm. (laughs) first of all i did not scream um (laughs) no but uh yeah he points out that um he was he he doesn't admit why he's there right away he just says he was there for a spot of moonlighting um and uh yeah he admits that everything in the paper is based on on what he saw and then he admits that he never actually saw the professor that um the, the person he saw was just could have been anyone wearing the mask um mm-hmm.
1: he actually he says that he thinks the person was uh i guess uh, i think i think we we do press him on what exactly he means by moonlighting and he's like i was i was grave robbing okay i was yeah. <laughs> I, I i take the freshly freshly deceased corpse and i uh, i sell them to you know universities or what have you uh just to make cash to try to survive as a college student
2: so apparently this is based on something that actually actually happened in london at that time it was an actual phenomenon people yeah. get, uh, grave robbed and, and sold them to medical institutions
3: mm-hmm. hmm. and, and you know before it was supposed to be people who were the sort of you know uh you know not not the people who who this was without the consent of the people who were doing this stuff. It was people like sort of the unknowns and people who they can identify would go to institutions. And in this case, I don't even know if there was like donating your body to science. It was more just, you know, if there was, if some rando died and no one knew who he was or claimed him, then the, you know, then the institutions could get him. But because there was, they needed to do all the scientific experimentation. There was such a shortage of it. You know, they'd pay for them.
2: Yeah, and I think in the English version of the game, they actually referenced the actual people who did it because they were called the resurrectionists. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ow. I think they call them a couple names like they one of them calls them something but it's like no we like we call ourselves like the resurrectionists or one or the other
0: everyone else calls us assholes but we're actually <laughs> the really cool resurrectionist club DM. No you can't join um.
2: <laughs> yeah I just in Japanese they, they made up a name for it which is actually really cool because it's a name in English but they didn't use it so Drebber says that they call themselves the Sol Resellers
1: Whoa! Soul
2: resellers. Wow. That is super
1: cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so um, other than that, he also says that after that happened, um, Madame de Spells came to him and and took his 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 own um, figure to make a wax statue. That's the one that's still there mm-hmm. in the display. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that also the entire ordeal was what caused him to um, give up his dream of becoming a scientist.
3: Yeah, because once you're out, as a grave digger. A lot of the science uh, people are like, oh, yeah, not so much great grave uh, robber. I mean,
0: even though they're they're buying it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the med students. But it, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a closed secret right now.
1: <laughs> but he also he also says that uh, since, you know, he was he had put his grave robbing days behind him. He sold the the actual exact camera that, uh. That he had you. I don't know why he had a camera with him while he was grave robbing. Not the point, but he he did, mm-hmm. and he sold that exact camera to Madame Two Spells um, since he wouldn't need it anymore. So that's why the uh, the the prop camera from the uh, like from the scene that we took and put into evidence turns out is actually evidence uh, retroactively.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because if you examine it, there's a blood stain on there yeah the first thing we had to do it here actually took me a little while to figure out
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, we have to show the 10 year article i didn't really understand why it was relevant because it was just an article and if he now says that he didn't actually see the professor how is this contradictory but the thing is that how would he know that the professor had an iron mask on because that was never publicized
3: yeah yeah it was the same thing for me it took me a little while because you're right. It's not in the text, it isn't so clear a discrepancy. You have to sort of say, like, oh, the existence of the text is, is it the, is it, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think the description might say that, like, the illustration was made based on the description that Enoch Drebber gave.
0: Right. It's like, um, it, the thing is that, and we haven't gotten there, but there's a much more compelling part of, like, evidence also associated with the article which is like one of those like and that's not for here that's good. they're going to bring that up soon, you know what i mean and i can't wait for them to do it but it turns out this is one of those pieces of evidence
3: you can use for multiple things you know yeah yeah but yeah oh and looking good. just at something we, uh, we skipped before but just to, to sort of frame what's going on here because it's this trial's weird in that um it's it's more chasing down the truth than than battling with von Ziegs. and yeah. in the first half there's like a moment where Renesque says something like, "I feel like, or like it feels like, it's not, uh, it's it's like if you're gonna pursue this path, you better get it right. Like Von Zieks wants him, like it's you, you. If you're gonna, you know, go after all these people, you you better do it the right way, and not the wrong way, because this has to be exposed the right way. Um, and so that that's sort of the framework of this whole thing It's like he's, it. You feel like he's he wants this to go down. He just doesn't want you to fuck up when you reveal all these truths.
0: Right, yeah. Like, yeah, Von Zeke isn't helping you, per se, but he's also not, like, fighting against what you're
3: doing. He really isn't. He's just letting you go down these paths, and and which really aren't relevant to all this stuff, but it's just sort of like, okay, let's, we, we want it all out there, so if you're gonna do it the right way, then he's gonna let you do
1: it. And it, and it makes sense that, like, he kind of wants some truth to get out, because, again, like, the professor murdered his brother, yeah. so it... Yeah. To me, to me, it certainly made sense that he doesn't like... He doesn't like the idea of of all this, like, hiding and secrecy... So, getting all this all in the, out in the open seems to be uh, within his within his brand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, not a Drebber fan. Really wants to embarrass him. But that's that's like kind of like an extra credit thing. Anyway.
1: He also likes that this trial is going further and further away from his friend. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, no, just keep talking about whatever this bullshit is.
0: Yeah. Honestly, this is just win, 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 win for Van
3: Zeex, you know? So, after the camera stain is established, then you just okay see clearly trevor's lying about stuff so like why is he lying he's protecting someone who is it it's courtney scythe mm-hmm. i thought because they're
0: brother and sister which i guess i'm spoiling is not the case i was
3: thinking the same thing i was thinking the same thing because they, they they're pretty close in art if not the way they behave
0: yeah they look kind of exactly yeah yeah they have like some kind of resemblance you think although the white hair probably helps a lot you know yeah
2: so now so now we're back to um why did he he has, he has no motive for killing asman um and that's where we show the uh news the, the newspaper the the um, picture in the newspaper there's the autograph on it mm-hmm. um which is asman's um, autograph as as we also can see on the contract
0: It's like yeah a signature um as as an artist would do yep yeah and uh Done. And it's by the way, it's very obvious. It's like one of those things you see it and you're like, we're not going to bring this up until. All right, fine. You know? Yeah. So.
3: And then then you had to prove uh, this one. I was like, what? And then it, the reason why the science trophy is in there is because you have to prove why uh, this whole thing. Like, why? Why would this ruin his career? Make a difference. And he denies it. You know, I, I wasn't trying to hard to be a scientist anyway. He's like, well, look, you had the trophy. You, you were clearly trying to be a scientist. This is a you know, this is why this is happening. And, uh, and then as Courtney just jumps in to admit stuff, like, just basically ends the file <laughs> at this point.
1: Well, didn't we, um, like, didn't we have to, have to, like, go, like, jump through at least, like, one hoop to get her? Because we, we do get Courtney on the stand. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, like, uh, Von Zeeks is like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And, uh, yeah, Judge, uh, sorry, excuse, like. You, you know that, you know, Strongheart said that we absolutely should not do this under any circumstances. And Don Zeeks is like, well, yeah, but I'm the prosecutor and it's my trial. So
0: <laughs> you, you see that guy anywhere here? Not nah, me neither. <laughs> We've get up there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I also feel like we had to do something before she confesses. But I played this like two days ago and I don't remember. And looking at the walkthrough now, it seems like it jumps directly into her confessing. Mhm.
0: Um well oh, well yeah no that's the thing and she confesses to something like kind of too easy like she's like all right fine i switched the body oh, i know what it is. She does jump in to confess cuz she's like you got and once Fanzik's allowed, it's like you got it i switched the bodies that's it case closed. <laughs> and you get this like kind of like is that really it? Like should yeah. i stop here? Like i basically won, you know.
1: Yeah, the judge even says like i'm i'm ready to adjudicate and uh yeah, mm, i'm going to be adjudicating not guilty.
0: Right. If uh, yeah, and it's kind of like I was actually I had some pause here because like, I mean, you know, the right answer is, you know, no, we are supposed to do it. But I'm almost like, is there some kind of like trick here? Like, is this why Fonzix is playing along? Like, what's happening? You know, but indeed, we're like, no, you know what? Not going to take the not going to take the win just yet. We're going to keep going.
2: She does, she does tell us a little bit about... Well, I think what we forgot is that why would she uh, cooperate? And the reason is that if everything that we've learned so far was true, it means that mm-hmm. the professor um, was not executed. Uh, right. When he rose from the grave, he was still alive, and then he was shot, and that's when he was killed. But he was buried alive, basically. Uh, which means that Courtney um, Stevens at the time lied in a in, in a report right um so that's the secret she's trying to keep so she does she she she, she does she does say that um the reason she cooperated was that she came up to see what happened and she saw the wax uh statue of the professor and had a note on mm-hmm. it that said that if she doesn't want anyone to know what happened 10 years ago uh, she should cooperate and that's why she did that's right. it
3: right yeah, she's
2: protecting the judiciary
3: that's what she's doing yeah Sure.
2: She said if if, if if everyone finds out that 10 years ago um, they lied about executing the professor, which was a very notorious figure, and then it would be the, the entirety of Scotland Yard would be um, shamed.
1: I mean, it was really only a lie for a couple hours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you do a little
0: white, this person's not dead, actually kind of lie. You know,
2: as you do. Well, Presumably, we don't know why they didn't kill him just yet, but presumably she me- they meant for him to escape. Mm-hmm. They meant to fake executing him. And then when he was from the grave, he was actually supposed to escape, but someone shot him instead.
1: Okay, but there's no way Drebber could know all of that. No.
0: No, no, no. hes I think he's just like kind of a wrong place, wrong type kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> In a lot of ways, honestly.
1: They don't, uh, they don't super clarify, like, what exactly the note said to do. It's basically like, the note told me to cover up the crime, and so I did it. Uh, Yeah. But they don't really, they don't really exactly clarify what all those things are.
0: It's, it's pretty wacky, because, like, she admits at 1.2, I think, like, I, I kind of needed a couple of people I could trust to be in on this, you know, because it can't just be her, because she has to, like, switch the, or lie about switching the bodies, because in Crystal Tower, with that... Kurt Birdcage, she's presumably come upon a wax figure of the professor who's in, like, a metal helmet. Meanwhile, the actual dead body is under the experimentation stage, and there's, like, a crowd and everything. She's going to need, like, multiple people to cover the wax figure as if it were a body, bring it, you know what I mean? Like, do, like, a lot of coordination and stuff, you know? Yeah. Which, again, they attest to, but...
1: There's even a photo of the body, so they I think they need to bring the body to the crystal tower to do the photo op.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is all predicated in the fact that that uh, the law existed that that this team can have complete control over the entire crime scene, not just one area, but of both areas, and that no one else is going to see it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're getting good performance reviews, I gotta tell you. <laughs> um, but you know, so like, yeah, so uh, this—that's kind of how it all seems to go, you know. But something's wrong, and we know that something's wrong. And it has something to do with the, the actual, with um, Osman's body.
1: So, so like part of, part of the the directions what eventually comes out is like, make it look like harebrained did it. So we need uh, a different cause of death because right now he he died because he broke some bones on the way down. He had a broken vertebrae. Right. And so we, we need, we need it to be a a method of, of death that would link it to harebrained and not to anyone else. Right. And so uh what what uh courtney takes this as is to to stab him with you know Hairbrain's signature screwdriver that he has named and uh right albert yeah albert well no wait albert is his name alexander
0: oh uh, mm, andrew andrew yeah, that andrew. sounds andrew, good yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. so to stab him with the signature uh the, the, the signature screwdriver and then to write that that's the cause of death.
2: yeah And, and, and she said that she went down uh, under the uh, stage and she found the cage with the body in it um, like lying down and she took the screwdriver and just stabbed him in the chest. Um, and I also did, I, I didn't see the contradiction here straight away. It took me a while. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this this yeah. took me a while too.
2: Yep. This is a difficult one. Yeah. Um, The problem is that the photo of the victim that we have uh, shows the blood from the wound dripping down, uh, as in towards Mm -hmm. the body's lower half, which if they were stabbed when they were um, lying down in a coffin, wouldn't have happened.
0: Right. Right. And I think this is a cool, actually, twist on this case, because like at this point you're like, okay, I think I've got all of it, you know, and like we're just doing the usual like dance around stuff. But it turns out there's one final thing to it, which is that they figured out the reason this actually happened, of course, is that not that she stabbed him with a downward motion, as she said, into a lying down body. But in fact, he survived the fall, started to get back up and she realized her window of keeping the professor's death a secret was closing really fast, so she had to finish the job and stab him. Which is wow, lady, damn.
2: We still have to prove why she did it because everyone says that. Well, stabbing a dead body is one thing, but she wouldn't have just killed a man, uh, even if she was being blackmailed. Um, so we mm-hmm. do have to find one more reason for her to want to to want Asmund dead.
1: And before the before the game actually fully prompts you. I was looking through, like, all my court records stuff. I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, just looking <laughs> through all my evidence, I'm finding absolutely no reason.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit of a reach, I think. Yeah.
1: It, it made sense to me once it actually happened because it gives you a multiple choice. And I, for the, one of the answers is the Iron Mask. Uh, I forget what the the middle answer is, but the, the correct answer... Is the scalpels?
0: The, yeah, yeah, yeah. She ordered all the scalpels. Oh, yeah. It's like she had. um right, What was it again?
2: It was like five hundred scalpels a month. It was a front. That that that, that was the way that she was bri- paying a bribe to to Asmen for years. That's right. Yeah. By pretending to buy scalpels. Which
0: I think the blackmail would have been enough.
2: And that's because now we know that Asmen wrote that newspaper article years ago. So. Mm-hmm. He also figured out that the professor wasn't dead when he was buried, so he blackmailed her for years, uh, not to reveal that she lied in her report. Oh, brother. No, she had an opportunity to kill him, so she did. Yep. I feel like
0: she had a lot of opportunity. I mean, she is like the freaking corner of Scotland Yard, you know what I mean? Like, you just kill him and lot, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's just, I don't know it's fine i i, I do i feel like the blackmail motive would have been enough personally but um like you know what i mean like it's like okay fine i'm going along with this black pale plan oh shit this guy's still alive uh you know <laughs> i know that like maybe murder isn't the first thing you do in a panic but i'm just saying i'd buy it whatever <laughs> anyway um um yeah so
1: that basically wraps up the case
2: yeah so now courtney size is um locked up not just for assisting with the murder but for actually murdering someone mm-hmm. and um Drebber also confesses everything
0: yeah
2: i think the only thing we 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 didn't know until now is that basically asman came to him because but, but 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 he didn't remember who he was
3: yeah mm-hmm. just you know at this point drabber's sort of established this you know Conjurer, scientist, conman. So that's who he goes to to help out.
2: Yeah, but Drebber immediately recognizes him and and planned uh, his murder case. Yeah, uh, but he was just as so surprised to to learn that Courtney size was, was the one who actually murdered Asman. We thought he did.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. This happens now or later too. But there's also like kind of a speech Drebber gives because it's something on the order of like you know, why would you, like, care about, like, or, like, you know, about framing harebrain or why you wouldn't like harebrain or something? He's kind of, like, he's, he's a garbage scientist. Yeah. Like, he's a total idiot.
3: And he talks about, like, the vanity of these kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah, I mean, teleportation.
0: Like, that's fucking ridiculous. He has, like, no business being here. It's, like, it's really...
2: Yeah. But then we point out that he's been... Later, he, yeah. He was going to steal... um her brain's dreams just like someone stole stole Hughes ten years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You just think about that. And he just kind of looks down like, oh, I guess I didn't. <laughs> he does like the sad Charlie Brown one.
2: <laughs> but yeah, that's it for the trial.
3: Um Yeah.
2: Not the not the chapter though. Not the episode. No. No, one we get one more one and a half more scenes.
0: Right. Yeah, this is a long kind of ending, but we um uh the events whatever we have our usual sort of wrap up kind of thing where you know brain's like i guess i was a terrible scientist over after all You're like no you were a king because you tried or something you know like you believed in your dream you kept going with it you're really good even though teleportation is not a thing you know whatever um but uh Venefix shows up that's right he's like I'm making sure you're going back to Germany. You're not going to stay for the science symposium, you know. And we th- we figure that he's worried that the Reaper is gonna um, is gonna act, and that's that's why he's like personally taking him back because it seems like the Reaper doesn't act outside the country. Yeah,
2: he kind of figured fi- figures out by now that maybe people who aren't actually guilty aren't getting killed uh, because yeah. Gina is an example. But he's not going to take any chances, so he just tells um, her brain to go back home. Yeah. Right.
1: Hairbrain still doesn't call him Barry. That's all I want. It doesn't happen. And now he's gone to Germany. We're never going to see him
2: again.
0: Yeah, well, he might be a juror in an upcoming episode. We don't know yet. You know, it seems to be.
2: We're probably going to see him doing the credits also. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and uh, and so then when you think it's all done, Von Ziggs is like, no, we're not done yet. There's still more stuff to to find out here. Uh, we should go back into the courtroom.
1: Yeah, I'll be waiting in the courtroom in ten minutes. Which
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll be right there. <laughs>
0: like, uh, I guess you'll bring the wine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, we go back in, and it's it's a this is a voice acted scene. Yeah, like it's an, it's all anime. Yeah, which I was surprised at. Anime
2: in ga- in game. But... I didn't watch this in English. How how is the English voice acting? Because I heard. People said that when they start doing these longer scenes, that's when where the English cast kind of not doesn't work as well.
3: So not very good. Yeah, I'm not I'm not crazy about them. They're fine. They're fine. Me neither. But they're yeah. not. They're nothing special.
2: The, the Japanese dub is very good. Japanese dub I, I really like.
0: I don't particularly like
3: Ryunosuke's
0: like voice because he mm-hmm. speaks with like kind of a British accent, and I, I just don't really dig it. And I, I don't know, like, I imagine... It's like, Von Zix's voice isn't really what I imagined it to be, which I know is a bad reason to, like, judge, you know, voice acting, but, like, it just... I don't know, it didn't work for me. It, it didn't seem right.
2: Yeah, but first, um... Von Zix tells us, um... why he hates Japanese people.
0: <laughs> right, which is, Japanese person killed my, killed my brother.
2: Well, it tells us the entire story. So, 16 years ago, when he was just still a kid, his brother, um... Brought home three students from Japan. One of them was Sato's father. mm mm-hmm. um,
1: we, we know that the other one is the judge, right? Yep. So we we, we know two out of the three. Sazada's father and, and judge, who has a name that I don't remember.
0: Jigaku. It means hell. Right. I think I point that out every single episode, but <laughs> I will continue to do so.
2: It's a good fact. Mm-hmm. And then six years later... Um, when the professor killed the people, and Vanzig's brother tried to find out who it was and couldn't because he was hiding in plain sight. Um, but when they did finally caught, uh, caught him after he killed Vanzig's brother, uh, turned up it was a Japanese person, and and the third, yeah, the third student um, who they were friends with.
3: And he reveals this because he has the key, and he takes off the iron mask on the wax sculpture, and there it is. So this is uh, this is a, a Japanese one of the Japanese students. Um,
2: yeah, he looks he looks Japanese. He has a little mustache. <laughs> yeah. And the uh,
3: and while um, Rynalski doesn't know who it is, Sasato's like, oh, that looks like somebody I know. It's I have a feeling that I know this person. Um, and then the assistant. And the mask just screams. Um, And, you know, there's real dramatic revelation as like the person says, my father, or I think it's what he says is my father. And he slowly comes out, slowly takes the mask off. And of course it is Kazuma. And now his, his, uh, his memory's back. He knows who this is and he sort of reveals himself and he thanks uh, Sasato for, for everything that she's done in sort of helping to get his friend this far, um, and Rinosuke for, for sort of following through on this dream. Um, and Rinosuke is like, I knew you could never be dead. And my first thought was like, why did you never mention that before? You didn't, you never said you would be dead before.
1: (laughs) The scene is, the scene is really cute. I think it's really well animated. Like we get a lot of, uh, canned animations as is, as a standard operating procedure for a, for a Phoenix, right? Uh, I guess an Ace Attorney, but, um, but, like, I, I feel like the animations in this scene are 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 really good. um, just showing this this it's it's very touching the reunion between the two of them. There's some subtle facial expressions. So I, it's a really good looking scene, uh, even if I agree that the voice acting just doesn't feel quite right.
0: It's not like awful or anything. It's just, yeah, it just it's off for some it's, reason. It
3: feels like just very sort of theatrical kind of, you know, really just sort of but like very straight reading um with just people who have good English accents you know that's it yeah yeah You know the same thing with von Zeke's like there's not a lot of character put into the voice it's just sort of like you know oh well this guy's supposed to be you know you know sort of upper class and that's all it is it's not really you know it may be a little villainous, but that's about it like it's sort of you know like there's no miserable pile of secrets certainly put into that performance. <laughs>
0: shame really because that really would have helped i think it would have um yes
2: well naruto gives karuma back to um asagi
0: yep Mm -hmm.
2: um so we don't have a sword anymore
0: Ooh.
1: (laughs) and now and also now has two swords which just seems like too much
3: (laughs) 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 and the best is that all he does he takes a sword takes it out Cuts the wax sculpture of his dad in half, or the, yeah. like the
1: shoulders
2: off, <laughs> and then he leaves and doesn't say anything else. So like, he walks out of the courtroom. It's
1: like we will have
2: more plot later. <laughs> yeah. He has to his memory. There's a lot of a lot of things to think about.
0: Not 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 his dad issues. He knows exactly what to do there.
2: <laughs> uh, and yeah, and Susato says that when she first met her father when she was six years old, um, her father came back from. Uh, England and told her that one of his friends died from sickness um, and we now know that he was executed or shot after he was supposed to be executed, but it wasn't really mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and that's where and he also introduced her to that the the dead guy's kid um who was older, uh, and that's how she first knew Kazuma yeah and that's why she became his um judiciary assistant.
3: Yeah, and that's it. Like that's all they tell you for this chapter. So, oh boy, it,
1: it, it's a lot of reveals, but it does end very abruptly.
3: Yeah, that's what it was. Like, it even even though it took like twenty minutes after the trial was done to actually get through all this, like it just ends on just like a like a real hard hard stop.
0: It's just um, not that it's weird because you kind of expected it, but it's also like it's just a little tough to, like, with the whole, like, so you're not gonna talk to, like, your best friend or anything that you've just, you know, met again after all this, you know? He's just like, I need to think about things, which is, like, I, I get it, but also, I don't know, you know. I get it, but also, I I don't.
3: But also, like, does he have someplace else to be? Yeah, right? Like, we're <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But, all that said, I did, I feel really like this chapter, um, really good stepped chapter. it up for yeah yeah Mm -hmm. for like a a chapter three of an ace attorney game you know which is usually like the dog chapter or the chapter doesn't
3: really matter so much you know yeah it's this is it's not a great trial oh the beginning's much better than the end is but it's a very good like chapter for like the overall story yeah for sure
1: yeah hairbrain still had nothing to do with it for like the majority of the case (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I mean I think I liked it I think it had a really interesting setup you know like it was kind of an interesting thing to unwind and yeah like then hair brains kind of falls away but that's still like a pretty good conspiracy
3: I, I think that there is a lot of good setup stuff even and even trial stuff in the beginning it's just like and the investigation is an interesting one. part too which is sort of like the trial yeah. is not important at the end at all right right
0: I think it's like I, I really respect how where we started and where we ended up because you kind of expect a fun not-to-do-with-the-plot-so-much sort of trial, you know? And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, 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 we're going to reveal a lot right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like, whoa, and we got here from this fun little teleportation thing, you know? Which, again, I guess is Shu Takumi's kind of thing, but, you know, I liked it still.
1: Yeah. I still don't know why um, Asman wanted to involve himself in, in Harebrain's schemes, like... I still, I absolutely thought that was going to be an insurance fraud, like try to get away from the Reaper, fake your own death thing.
2: I think he wanted the gra- He wanted the money from the government. That's the only reason.
1: But like, why would he have gotten it? Because the experiment seemed like it was g- garbage. Like, why don't you back a real scientist that can get real grants?
0: Or why do you have to be in the thing? That's weird. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's why he put that clause in. You know, like, he's like, uh, all right, I if you want me to do it, you think it'll help, you know, sell this to people. But, you know, I don't know.
1: Well, clearly it was a bad move. So
0: it was very clearly a bad move. Not a lot of good moves.
3: <laughs> it doesn't really protect it. Like, if, from Osman's perspective, the clause doesn't protect him because if it goes wrong, he's dead. And if it goes wrong, there's no money anyway. Hmm.
0: And it can't, it actually, it kind of can't go right, because if you're supposed to fake the teleportation, you should be appearing in Crystal Tower. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, he needs to be in on the magic trick, and there needs to be a tunnel or something for him to actually get there, you know? But.
1: You just have to run really, really, really fast.
0: (laughs) Okay, wait, maybe that, well, I mean, obviously this is me just speculating. Maybe that is part of it. Like, maybe he's like, look, here's what we're going to do. I have a tunnel under Crystal Tower. Don't ask me how, you know, but I do. So all you're going to have to do is run in there. Oh, whoops, you're just dead. Fuck it. I don't have to think about that <laughs> part.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, really, now that I think about it, they they just need to have, if someone shows up on the other side uh, and, like, waves, like a, a relati- like a bad body double, but a good enough body double... Then yeah. if uh, Asman could could run all the way over under a tunnel, he would get there before anyone could verify it. So like yeah, for sure, that's good enough. And I just I think this wasn't very well thought out from Asman's perspective.
0: No right yeah, no. I mean also I guess to be totally fair for ludonarrative narrative dissonance sake, like no you you know what I mean like you probably can't make this crazy as complicated as you would actually need to you know where it'd be like an eight part trial. Like, all right, and here's Johnny Mustache, you know, and he doesn't look quite like a, like a Mr. Osman, so he can't be a double. But we turn out it doesn't matter because he's far away, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I just like to say ludonarrative narrative dissonance, as if you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I still like the chapter.
1: Yeah, it was it was a really fun case.
0: Yeah, yeah, for, yeah.
1: Like, despite the the twists not having to do with strictly speaking our client. Uh, it, it was really fun to to figure out. I felt like there were a good amount of reveals in the investigation and a good amount during the trial. So it was always, it's always had you on your toes, for sure. Except for Corn Girl.
0: Corn Girl, that was the worst part of anything. <laughs> Corn, Corn Girl was absolutely
3: the NFT of this episode. <laughs> 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 oh God, Corn Girl could definitely be an NFT. Yeah. <laughs> Not worth anyway.
0: <laughs> Visual Novel Book Club does not support NFTs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so listen. Don't,
1: don't fudge corn. It's a bad it's a bad idea.
0: No. But you know what's a good idea is tuning in next time. Um I do have a reading suggestion, but Oran, I don't know if you have one too. Uh,
2: no, I don't just see that this entire chapter has only four parts. So four parts. For the next two both will have four. Yep.
0: So I was thinking um if you don't know the layout of it, I, I found this investigation or it's not, this chapter was like moved at a, a pace I wasn't used to. So I would say I think it's possible that you can read the first investigation and the first trial all the way through. You know what I mean by like oh, when you get to the next investigation?
2: That's what I because the, 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 the structure of this chapter is an investigation and then a two parts of a trial and then another investigation. So this is a weird yeah. chapter uh, the tenth in, in investigation part.
0: Right. Which I haven't gotten to that part yet, but yeah. So
2: you, you're saying and I agree, I think, so investigation and then the first part of the trial, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure.
0: Oh wait, I was saying the whole trial. Because I thought the second investigation was i so I'll tell you too, I my reading for this got broken up a bit by a by a tr- by a, a long trip, so I'm my sense of sc- my uh, scale might be off. I thought whole trial, but you think you think first half is better? I'll go with it if you're there.
1: Yeah, I I think first half makes sense. Let's just split
2: it in half, yes. Okay,
0: we'll do first half then. Yeah, it works for me then. All right then, so up to the first safe point in trial. Yep. And uh, we will see you next time.